It is the Out for Smokes podcast, and we are back with Scott Chaplin. He is COVID-free, I All think, healed right? Up. I'm free. I've been free since Friday. Nice. Feels good to be a free man. Yeah. And we just want to do a little housekeeping. If you could please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're having a lot of fun over there. Um, I will be in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, October 4th at Zanies, uh, Wednesday night. Come on down. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go to zanies.nashville dot com for tickets and then october 20th i will be at the laughing stock comedy club in hershey pennsylvania um is that the gig where i unalive myself yeah i was gonna say even the <laughs> name know. gives me a bad taste am i so Does sensitive it? that you, that's not the you went i'll be at the laughing stock and i went like you're not a laughing like i immediately was like <laughs> fuck the name of that place uh-huh don't insult me that's not the worst name for a comedy well club, no because in terms of comedy it actually makes sense i guess yeah and it's like a play on a, a you know laughing that's like sure. a, you know a yeah. laughing stock. Laughing stock. Go, okay yeah and yeah. it's stock of it's stock full of laughter yeah it's you know yeah yeah yeah, there's way worse, way worse. Names. It's like livestock, and, um, but laughing stock. And real quickly, we do have a sponsor today. We are sponsored by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, folks. Halloween's coming up, and just remember, there's uh, there's nothing like the combination of chocolate and peanut butter together. And there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. Maybe if you uh, hold a gun to a homeless guy's head. <laughs> And make him chew it and then spit it into your mouth. I think that's kind of wrong. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. yeah. We should take them to court for implying <laughs> that just, that's okay. By it's just saying, a silly, yeah. Yeah. It's just a silly thing to say. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. I mean, I could think of a lot. Yeah. It, right? it, the commercials are fun, though. They show mm-hmm. different ways people eat them, you know? They go, this is In how like Frankenstein eats it. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> He hits his head on the table or something. I don't yeah. know what happened. No, yeah. Dr. Frankenstein does it, right? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, How do you old. eat a Reese's? Because the, the idea behind there's many ways to eat a Reese's is because people mm. actually do eat Reese's differently. Some they people do? eat the sides first. Some people eat, yeah. Mm. That's part of it. Yeah. Am I crazy for thinking that? That's real, right? That's why they say there's yeah. many ways to eat it. Right, yeah, there's no wrong way to re- to eat a Reese's. Yeah, they slowly realized people weren't just taking normal bites out of it. They were, like, making <coughs> love to it because it tastes so good that there's different ways to chew on it, and you sit there like a fucking weirdo. Right. It's, like, whacking right. off, basically. You sit there yeah. and, like, you lick on the sides, you nibble on the hard parts. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, why is everybody going cuckoo for our fucking... Yeah, in the but 80s, women, had women would come home and they find their husbands, they would cut a little slit down the middle of the Reese's and, and just and just lick it <laughs> until it was gone. <laughs> and then you're like, John, what the hell are you doing? So yeah. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's, uh, even if you're like laughing at the Guyanese child slave who harvests the cocoa mm-hmm. that went into the Reese's while you're eating it. Mm-hmm. That's what they meant by the commercial. Exactly. Yeah. If you eat it while you're, um, you know, abducting a couple children, I would say that's the <laughs> wrong way to. Yeah. Say that's, that's the, the wrong, wrong way, way to utilize a Reese's. <laughs> if you're eating it yeah. while you're doing 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would say that's wrong. So just like uh, the guy who shot President Kennedy popping one in his mouth. Mm-hmm. My dad was a big Reese's guy because oh, yeah. um because peanut butter uh covers alcohol on your breath. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart. Isn't yeah. that like a lot of He's like, I love peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a big peanut <laughs> fan. <laughs> like, dude, chill. <laughs> your mom's like, now Scott, the last time you ate all that peanut butter, you 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 ran over a family. <laughs> So why don't you go easy on the peanut butter? <laughs> it's like a lot of alcoholics, they just drink vodka because it doesn't show up on your breath. Is that true? Same. Yeah. My dad would, um, you know, my mother would beg him, please, no hard liquor. And he'd go, all right, fine. And then he would drink vodka because you can't, you know. But then he'd get like cherry vodka. So he'd smell the cherry. I knew a girl who was in a, like, a long-term relationship with a guy who just like kept vodka hidden under the toilet bowl. Or like what? What is? Uh, yeah, the toilet it, tank. Yeah, in the in toilet the tank. tank. Oh. In the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So like, and this guy held down like a job and made like good <laughs> yeah. money. Yeah. But he would just like be fucking hitting the vodka in his secret <laughs> little toilet tank like every morning or like right before they went out to dinner. And it, they were together for like two or three years, and he was able to just like keep he he was able to balance the plates for at least three years before yeah before they came crashing down and she found out what had been happening it's probably fun though it's fun to hide stuff from your partner it i don't hide anything cool. from my wife it's probably just 
all, like getting drunk is probably <coughs> sick, you know? Yeah. And you can't do it when it's a Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Well, we're doing a little. Uh, I'm excited about this episode. We're doing a little, uh, a little history episode. Little history, little pop, co- little mix of all the things we do well, guys. Mm-hmm. Little history, little pop culture, little conspiracy stuff. Uh, we're gonna start off this episode by. Well, I want to take you guys back to December 11th, 1964, a time when this country was more racist than it is now, <laughs> if you can believe it. There's an article I found on People.com. Guests at the $3 a night Hacienda Motel didn't notice the shots that rang out just after 3 a.m. in the morning on December 11th, 1964. Gun violence was disturbingly common in this part of central Los Angeles. Even the cops seemed slightly blasé at the sign of a dead man lying bloody naked, save for a sport coat and single shoe propped up against the door of the motel's the, the motel manager's office. The attitude was... What is it? They, they want the cops to be like, Ew, a man was shot! Like, <laughs> how are they supposed to act? What's that? She's saying the cops were acting too calm, that yeah. they were dealing with a dead... They fucking better be acting calm that they were dealing with a dead body. Right. They were too blasé. It's their job, yeah. madam. Well, the next sentence right here says, says uh, the attitude was... Do you want to read that sentence? Who, me? Yeah. Which sentence? The attitude was, oh, well, another N-word got shot. Wow. Oh. The, she said the attitude was, not See, someone said. She goes, the vibe in the air was, at beep, lady. What? <laughs> I got a real uh, beep, 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 beep. Like, I think that's what they were thinking. Uh, yeah. That's you, a funny joke, Scott, but they're quoting this guy. In right. The, who was one of the cops investigated, one of the African-American police officers. <laughs> Motel managers. The at, yeah, they, I, yeah, they're quoting someone who's saying the attitude was. Yeah. Mm. She's not saying someone said this. Yeah. They're saying the attitude was, and then they're using a word to make you go, whoa. Right. right. Dude, yeah. They didn't even use the word. You asked Scott to read it, and he couldn't read it, not because there was a slur in it, because there was a word with seven or more letters. <laughs> attitude? <laughs> Johnny, can you hit the power button on that light? That light keeps going off. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Christ. No, it's ah, anyway. Yeah. The body belonged to 33-year-old Sam Cooke, a soul pioneer who brought gospel grandeur to America, American popular music. It's another Saturday night. I got murdered by a prostitute. Yeah, she Her took pimp all stole his my money, money from my $5,000. <laughs> Straight through my lover's heart. Poof, poof, poof. He got shot in the heart, too, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. yeah. His, his most prominent organ. They knew to aim because he had the biggest heart in all of music. It's true. Another Saturday night, time to cheat on my wife. <laughs> Leave her home with my kids. That's another thing. So he was. So he he's in this. Uh, he's in this hotel room, and he's there to cheat on his wife. Because this this was a hotel that a lot of people he's went to there cheat, to on, their cheat wives. on his wife. He went, he went out with his friends to have dinner. No, he met this woman. Her name is um, Elsa. He brought a woman back to the hotel. Yeah, her name is Elsa Boyer. Mm-hmm. He, he met her. That night, mm-hmm. he went partying with her. Mm-hmm. He brought her back to the hotel. Yeah. Uh, now, or, do you know what ha- what would happen to me as a married guy if my wife found that I brought just brought someone back to a well, hotel? Because that's crazy. You can't yeah. just bring a lady back to your hotel. What yeah. are you doing there? Yeah. But yeah. No, you might as well be. Yeah. You might as well go on all the way and cheat on your wife. You, you shouldn't <laughs> even go, I'm going to drive you home. That's crazy. Because, oh, and that's her defense. Elsa Boyer's defense is uh, he got in a fight somewhere we went after we were hanging out with friends. We mm-hmm. went somewhere else separately mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. PJ's nightclub they went to, actually. Mm-hmm. And he got in a fight with a guy because another guy started hitting on me. And so then she was like, I just want to go home. And mm-hmm. then he said, you're not going home. We're going to the motel. Yeah. She claims that he uh, raped her at the motel. Mm-hmm. And that when he went to go into the bathroom to, I don't know, take a giant shit. You <laughs> <laughs> take a giant shit after he sexually assaulted her. That uh, she jumped up, grabbed his clothes, and ran out and yeah. left. Yeah. And then he walked out naked. Mm-hmm. So he put a coat on. Mm-hmm. He realized this woman stole my money and my clothes. Mm-hmm. And then he went knocking on the hotel front desk door. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Well... I don't know, but you know, I think when we talk about this stuff, I think when we talk about this stuff, we should talk about the the person's music and. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah you know, but uh, yeah, I of mean, course. I'm, I'm we'll a huge uh, 
you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge uh, fan of uh, he's Sam. One Kirk. of my favorite he's, artists. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, top top four for me probably, and you that's like, rotating. He's number one on a, on a pretty day. You know. Do you like him better than Otis Redding? Yeah, Otis has like five songs that really hit, and yeah. I think Otis live, like Otis Redding live. If I watch like clips of Otis Redding live, I go, yeah. "This is way more impressive than Sam Cooke live." Mm-hmm. But I think Sam Sam Cooke's um like it's just too many bangers. Yeah, and even when you know, again, Otis is a lot of covers. Even Sam is covers, but when Sam does a cover, um, I don't know. I just think Sam, yeah, just way, way, way more hits. Like in terms mm-hmm. of actual hits. That people know, Otis only has like two or three, mm. and then fans of Otis, you go like, oh yeah, ten, ten yeah. songs. Mm. But if you if you do a deep dive, like a Spotify deep dive on Otis Redding, oh, it's great, like sure. Yeah. But I mean, I think Sam, you know, you get an Otis Redding greatest hits, mm-hmm. and there's like fourteen songs on it. Yeah, um, and one of them is uh, Satisfaction, that Rolling Stone yeah, song, yeah, and yeah. that fucking it stinks. It's a bad. It's oh, I yeah. don't like that version. Okay. But then you get a Sam Cooke's greatest hits. It's like four discs. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's like different stages of his uh, life. And again, I mean, he died at 33. Mm-hmm. How old was Otis when he died? Can we look that up? I think he 26, was 22. I think, yeah, he was, I think like he was 26. Yeah. He, that was uh, a plane crash? Plane crash? Plane crash, yeah. yeah. Probably also cheating on his wife. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, the pilot was sucking his dick. Plane <laughs> 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 crash. He's like... Mr. Pilot, if, you, if you're sucking my dick, who's flying this plane? <laughs> who's flying this plane? <laughs> <laughs> and just like um, when uh, when fucking Wiley Coyote looks down and realizes <laughs> he's standing on nothing, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. the plane falls out of the sky. <laughs> there's an Otis Redding song. It's called it's called uh, the Happy Song. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, there's a the lyrics of the of the song is like uh, on a cold day and windy night, she shut all my doors, she turned off the light. But the way he sings it, he goes, on a cold day and windy night, she shit on my door. <laughs> she turned out the light. <laughs> That's what you hear? Dude, it sounds, it sounds oh, so yeah. much like he's saying, she shit on my door. <laughs> she shit on my door. She turned out the light. Is, is it Otis? He sings uh, Fa, 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 Fa. That's the song. Yeah, that's, that's the song. that song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's called Fa, 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 the happy song. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then he does the sad song, also a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know, Sam. And again, I don't, I'm, I'm not familiar. I don't think either of them wrote their own lyrics or anything. But Sam, Sam Cooke's Cook, song specifically, you go, oh, that's love. Fuck shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. wrote some of his songs. He wrote a lot of his songs. Actually. Really? Yeah, no. he's very talented. Oh wow. But yeah, no, his music really kind of strikes you once you've been through enough breakups essentially sure. he's sure. He, yeah he's someone that you uh there's days you can't listen to him because yeah. he's that good yeah. and you're and you're that human yeah right yeah there's days you can't <laughs> listen to him when you're like i want to pick up this prostitute at 2:50 a.m. <laughs> yeah, take yeah. her to a motel and cheat on my wife yeah, and you're like luck. if you play if you I play don't wanna... sam cook on the way to have sex with a prostitute yeah every once in a while you just want to rape and murder a prostitute <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. so anyway so sam brings this prostitute and and now we're going is that a conspiracy she's a prostitute later in her life she is arrested for prostitution right yeah. like not long after yeah, not long. died she's right. also arrested for uh shooting her boyfriend to death second okay. degree murder yeah second degree murder in like 1979 yeah uh the woman was a prostitute uh sam obviously sex was having worker. sex with a yes a sex worker at the time was that what they were called then too yes <laughs> and yes <laughs> and uh and she obviously tried to steal his money and he obviously tried to get his money back. Now, some people say he might have been drugged. Why? Why is that obvious, though? Because he had five thousand yeah. cash on him that that was never seen again. Yeah. Um, right. And that's five thousand in nineteen sixty four money. Yeah. Which yeah. is a lot. Also, still, um, still a lot of money today. If you're a host of the Out for Smokes podcast. Oh God, yeah. But Sam was. No yeah, guys, help us friends. help us make Sam Cook in 1964 money, guys. Go to Patreon.com right now and please subscribe to the show, huh? All we want to do is make as much money that as Sam Cook made in one night in 1964. That must be pretty cool to just like be a famous singer and have five thousand in cash in your pocket and be like, I want to cheat on my wife right now. Yeah. Right. That's just so much money. Well now wait now his around. wife though. His yeah. wife, um, soon after Sam died, she married Bobby Womack, who Ooh. was like who's like Sam's protege. He's like a backup singer yeah. to Sam. And mm. she married Bobby. And then a few years later, Bobby was started like a sexually assaulting Sam's daughter. Oh man. Yeah. Really? A, lot, a lot of messiness. Yeah. Interestingly 
Paul Mooney would portray Sam Cook in um, some fucking show or made-for-TV movie. Never had sex with a prostitute, Paul Mooney. But he did molest Richard Pryor's son. Wait! Do what? we know that for sure? It's been alleged, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he's dead. R.I.P. What's the? <laughs> What's the I read it on. I read it on 4chan. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like the, if it's the first three comments, you go enough people liked it. They must have looked into it. Maybe some one of them looked into it, and it's a fact. <laughs> well, but Sam. Uh, so Sam goes knocking on the motel uh, manager's door. Like, where the fuck is this woman? He assumed that she ran in there. My guess is it's probably a bra- a bit of a brothel because the hotel manager, uh, Bertha Franklin, mm-hmm. uh, was a former brothel owner. Right. And um, Yeah, apparently the Hacienda Hotel had a reputation at the time for pimps and, uh, and johns and hookers and such. Yeah. And um, Oh, also, Sam's friends really did him dirty um, after he died because Sam's friends, you know, said that he... One of his friends said that he would walk past beautiful women just to talk to a whore. Like, he loved specifically prostitutes. Uh-huh. That was Dude, the other thing. That's was how like he, he was seeking prostitutes. That's yeah. how he understands love, though. Like, you listen to his song, right. so much of it is like, yeah, baby, go fuck everyone you want. And right. then I'm yeah, just gonna... Right. I love right. you so much that I'll be right. here... Like yeah, if he's you writing should, to himself. Right. Yeah, as long as you get home at seven a.m., what's the issue? If you should like, you're so nice to me, and you don't bust my balls. Here's thirty dollars. I'll be back tomorrow. You don't tell me to turn, take off my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> But like you know, he has those lyrics like "If you should leave me in Rome, right. when you got back, I would just say welcome home," right. which I think like does understand love on a level mm-hmm. that's like people are always you know obsessed with cucking or like cheating or that's like a great ne- point. Never forgive a cheater or all that. But the idea yeah. is if you actually love somebody, yeah, like there there's a part of you that thinks that believes their life is more important than yours, essentially. Or not even that, but just you would do anything to make them happy. Make them happy, yeah. You know, so it's like if, if somebody you truly love went out and did something that hurts you like that, yeah. If you, there is still a part of you, maybe the strongest part, that would still take them back. And that's like what his music is about, is like you could do anything to hurt me or disrespect me, but I love you so much mm-hmm. yeah. that it's like you'll always be my baby. Except shoot me three times and then right. start hitting me with a broomstick. That's the worst part. So, And that's when there's a lot of conspiracies because his body was <laughs> ravaged. His arms, his legs, mm-hmm. and his face were really beaten to shit. Mm-hmm. So people say maybe his manager, Alan Klein, wanted his, uh, his rights, um, his music rights because... Right, actually... Scott, you were telling us a pretty convincing piece of evidence about his uh, manager Alan Klein being involved in the murder. I don't remember this. Yeah, you were before we started recording. You said no there's way. like a very relevant fact. No, what his last name? <laughs> Might have been something like that. No. Yeah. No. That was the third comment on a board I saw, actually, so that might be inaccurate. But yeah, there's But that would that would be like a real change of pace, would be a, a Jewish manager stealing from a uh, black <laughs> African American musician. Well and, and an artist that other artists were looking to at the time, um, because he was so business savvy. He he was starting his own record label. Right. Um RCA, <coughs> he signed a deal uh just I think that year or the deal was about to go through where after 30 years, all of the music he made for RCA would go back to him, which no one did at the time. So there's a lot of conspiracy that people were looking at He was at uppity him. is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I'd not say that. Yeah. That's what Alan Klein might have probably said. But so wait, because... Or Richard Nixon probably has. There's probably a tape of Nixon <laughs> yeah. saying that for some reason. Yeah. So because Sam Cooke died... Alan Klein got to keep his music. Is that true? Um, I be- yes, Alan Klein. I because I do know they they claim that Klein's family has his music. Mm. Um, which how does Klein's family get it? That's where I get a little. How has no one intervened? Um, yeah. There's well, also you know Sam uh, made the Copa, which was like uh, you know heavy mob ties. Uh, he 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 performed there. It was like a very big deal for him. But then. He started demanding that you know segregation can't happen anymore in these places. We're not going to do separate shows for mm-hmm. like black people in the afternoon and then white people at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Copa finally dropped all that shit. And some people were saying that the mob was mad and that you know. And then all of a sudden you go, oh well, the CIA was also mad. He was talking to Malcolm X and that mm. you know he 
apparently he claimed that the proceeds to A Change Gonna Come, a song that was released 10 days after his death, not even when he was alive was that song on the on the radio. Um, he said he wanted all proceeds to that to go to, you know, a movement involving Martin Luther King and stuff. Mm. Um, it's just crazy. You really don't like learn about this stuff. It, you just you learn such a, a, a surface level. Uh, you get such a surface level education of the civil rights movement and, and not you don't really he- learn about how involved these people were in it and, and how how much of a how much they really kind of stuck their neck out. You know, for sure, for this, because because you think you think if you would if you would just listen to Sam Cooke's music, you'd be like, this is this is all made by a, a guy who's happy and like is well respected in America, and you know, like this iconic. But people, I guess, people like hated him. Yeah, that's still a huge disconnect for me. Where right. I go, what is that like type of? Um it's like a it, it's it's a mass hysteria in itself. Like the yeah. way people get excited about music, they got excited about being racist. Right? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, Be- yeah, Beatlemania. Yeah. I mean, what's bigger than Beatlemania is yeah, racism yeah. that swept. The well, country. it was like everybody like di- everybody did it. Yeah, the whole were, town went down to the school, and they were like, "No, this is not happening." Yeah, they, and then yeah. They were, that was awesome. We all went there. We got stuff yeah. done together. The yeah. community. That's how you met people and stuff. They were like, know? "God, I never see anymore." You know. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just now that we screaming at go places and burn them down. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 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 No, you're just like screaming at at like a seven year old black girl who's trying to go to school, and then you're like, "Hey, you know, we got to do this again sometime. We gotta. (laughs) We never get together." Did you see the deleted scene from Forrest Gump, um, where the a dog is uh, uh, three German shepherds are like barking at a black guy, and he grabs the stick and throws it, and the dogs run away. No, he's like, "Sorry." <laughs> There's a clip online. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, sorry you know, about them hey, dogs. Hey, that's yeah. how you make art, you know. Yeah. You got to throw stuff at the wall. <laughs> I guess. Um, so I'm reading this book right now, uh, "Invisible Man" by Ralph Ellison. It's a oh, novel. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was written in like 1955. Mm. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because like the way he portrays uh, bigotry is very authentic. Like he he, it's not like like he, there's there's what there's he's a he's a black. It's about you know. Being a black, I beat an invisible man in America. There's white people like in his world, but they're they're very they're like accommodating and they're nice to him. But their attitude is like you their attitude is like you need to know your place and your people need to do this and X, Y, Z. It's like it's like they're they're trying to like help them, but it's very like patronizing. Right. They're very patronizing. They're like, don't pick up a hooker at 2.30 a.m. and bring yeah. her to a motel 15 miles away to cheat on your wife. Right. right. Which is like, the American dream that yeah. they earn more they're than like, anybody. I didn't ask you for, you know, <laughs> ain't nobody asked you if I could <laughs> go to the cheat on your wife motel. Um, it is funny, though. He was I mean, that's that's you were such a celebrity back then, you know, like the level yeah. of celebrity. Now, you know, back then it was like, hey, you're a huge star and you can cheat on your wife to, yeah, to so now yeah, where it's like, like you can do a podcast. And if you even. Tell a porn star happy birthday. Yeah, even though you're less famous than all of these people, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. getting way more trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid I wish a porn star a happy birthday. It's the end of the fucking world. <laughs> How much cheating do you think smartphones have prevented now? They, I mean, a good they, amount. Yeah, they, they're probably yeah. responsible for a, a, a certain amount of cheating. Mm-hmm. But if you put them side by side, I would imagine they prevent it more about than 10%, I, would, I would say about 10 to 15% less. Of all... Che- yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, so. it's yeah. like you have you location just... check-ins yeah. now. Yeah. Like, there's no cell phones in yeah. 1964 oh, at 2.30 a.m. Oh, I mean, phones yeah. guys. Like, guys used to go on the road and then phones came out. They were like, you fucking cop yeah, block! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I call my wife once every three days <laughs> from a fucking pay phone? Get out of here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, when it was like a letter every two weeks. <laughs> right, that was right, right. Those were the prime days. Yeah. The Civil War, you know, you go away to war, you 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 fuck your your boys, you shoot Confederates <laughs> together, and you send your wife a letter every week, and you're like, oh, I miss this the soft touch of you. Yeah, now you have to bosom. like now you have to be in war and yeah. still answer a, your girlfriend's yeah. text on time. You have night. to. You, yeah. yeah, I know you don't yeah. fight that late. I I know you guys <laughs> are just doing fucking drills. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta sign into yeah. WhatsApp and, and let her know that you're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't fight that way. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's fucked. Yeah. So yeah. this is this It's like is... the the nine eleven first responders having to text their girlfriend back. Like it's been two hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's and hell. and the and the other thing too, it's like it's like first of all, this is an anti cheating podcast, number That's one. That's right. Always always have been. We're always, always anti cheating. Sam Cook. 
What's that? Maybe at least should have been hit with the broom. But that's right? the thing. It's Sam like, Cook should have oh, absolutely, shot, absolutely. But he should have walked in there and he could should have got whacked with a broom a couple times by the lady. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. She shot him three times, and then mm. she says, "He goes, lady, you shot me." Right. And then ran towards her, and then mm-hmm. she picked up a broom and you know but that's that the beat him yeah. to death. With You're right. This is the hotel manager. Who shot and killed yeah, Sam Bertha, Cook? Um, Bertha, Bertha Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Who some people on the, the internet are claiming is Aretha Franklin's aunt. Ooh. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> anyways, the point we, we should say the Bertha Franklin's account, this is just entirely what she said happened. Right. Yes. So it's like, we don't know that this is what happened. Because there's not, well, first of all, the LAPD kind of messed up the investigation. So there's not a ton of like, there's not a ton of evidence that there was foul play there's no there's no security camera footage or anything like that Mm -hmm. um but but yeah so but her account is that he he came to the hotel with this girl he tried to have sex with her she he chased her out into the lobby and then he was like screaming and he and she shot him he wasn't you know armed or anything yeah she had a what he tried to break down the door he did break down the door where the hotel manager was looking for this girl and then she shot him right yeah yeah and then she says she shot him, and then he she hit him with a stick. Well, so which, he had like a yeah a wound or a bump on his head, right? So the the only thing they really asked her about was you know they were like, what about the bump on his head? And she was like, well, I was mad at him, so after I shot him, I hit him in the head with a broom. Very plausible, I'm sure. But yeah. his I mean, arms and legs were beat to shit. That's right, what Ella that, Fitzgerald said. Yeah, right. Yeah, one of his uh, Sam Cooke singer friends says they saw the body, and it's like he was just had the absolute shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems like it could have been just a situation where he was, like, like murdered at the motel or taken from the motel and murdered, and then they just kind of dumped the body there, and they said, hey, we'll just say it was self-defense, you know? Mm-hmm. But it seems like he got set up by that hooker. It, so, uh, that's yes, like, this is un- the you know, the lesson of a Sam Cooke song. No, well, right? yeah, because I, I do want to blame it on other hooker. things, yeah. but it does seem like, yeah, sadly, a, a set up by Right. But, you know, it's like, so he had 5,000 cash on him that goes missing, but it seems like his manager was the one, or Alan Klein, stand it to gain the most, though that doesn't, there's no evidence but that it, he's actually yes, involved that we're aware of. it's just unfortunately, that's how being a manager works, is when shit hits, you know, when your life falls apart, um, yeah. a lot of times they get to benefit from it, you know, hmm. uh, if you're an artist. I guess what I wanted to say earlier was, like, you also forget just, like, this country was uh, so more racist than it used to be, you know, like the with the uh, op- like the water fountains and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But also like there were movements to sort of like correct. There was all these civil rights movements and there were all these like civil rights leaders who were just being like murdered. Oh, they, yeah. like, like they killed Fred Hampton in his home when he was sleeping next to his, his pregnant yeah. wife. Yeah. You know? And it's like the FBI was saying we need to like stop these people. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's kind of like hard to wrap your head around sometimes. You oh, so you're, so you're saying that's why when someone like Sam Cooke dies and he's such an important figure and he's talking to Malcolm X and stuff, you go, we should look into it more. You I, would think they and, would. But, and, yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not saying, like, no, I, somebody I killed possible. him, but there's I a lot actually, of people who wanted him gone, I'm saying. Yeah, I, I actually think it's, like, the 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 consequence uh, of, of being America, like, being this country and you know, the race situation we have in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime something bad happens involving any black person, mm-hmm. there's going to be way more questions. Mm-hmm. It's nor- like, I think that's normal and allowed. Normal and, I think yeah. it should be like, oh, no, this is allowed. It oh, it's, be, it's yeah. involving a black person? Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. we should be like For a sure. little more, question a little more, or yeah. at the very least accept people's understanding yeah. of, because their whole lives, it's like, of course they're going to question things. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. And so when they go, Sam Cooke's died, and they go, oh, the, the biggest artist, that, you know, yeah. the biggest black artist at the time, yeah. uh, killed over what and but how, then you start, and but it, how much money he had. and Yeah. But it wasn't until a few years ago that you start to see this stuff like happen. I guess Rodney King was the was the big one, but uh, I'm just thinking about that guy, Walter Scott, in North Charleston, maybe about 10 years ago. The guy who got pulled over for like a broken taillight, and he tried to run, and the cop shot him dead. Oh, in the back. In the back. Running away. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, this stuff This stuff uh, is happening on video now, you know? Hmm. Yeah, which it, it didn't, which, so you'd think before that. 
it would easy it must have been to cover that stuff up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How easy it is to get away with any type of murder. And that the job of law enforcement was completely different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to go there and go, what happened? Okay, that's mm-hmm. what happened. And that's mm-hmm. kind of all there is. Mm-hmm. Totally different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girl was like, oh, my God, uh, Sam Cook, Sam Cook raped me. And they were like, all right, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Get away. Get her in another room. You know what? You can leave now. (laughs) They just let her leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there weren't even like female detectives to give her a blanket. Hmm. We're going to talk on the Patreon about Kurt Cobain, but it's uh, the Seattle Police Department kind of did you, to be generous, you would say an incompetent job Mm -hmm. where they like didn't publish the crime. They didn't even develop the crime scene photos for 20 years, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Same day. April eighth, his body's found. They announce it's a suicide. Yeah, how the how the fuck do you know it's a suicide just seeing the body? Um, the, the, to my knowledge, they never actually checked the shotgun for prints. And you know, those are like three examples. And I think that's more a case we, we'll talk about on the Patreon where the evidence points to corruption. Mm-hmm. But certainly, the LAPD in 1964, it's sort of take your pick of either corruption, like if Sam was set up and killed. You just if you know somebody who's a detective or whatever, mm-hmm. you just give them some money; they'll have your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, and or it, it is just incompetence and not caring about black musicians. It, and it it is the thing that I made a joke about earlier that the person said, where obviously there's going to be people in the room where you walk in and there's a black person dead and they don't give a fuck. They're right. a cop, and it's like, okay, what happened? Oh my gosh! You know? Right, right. Can't believe I'm dealing with this shit. Yeah. And then there's also. Uh, a black celebrity, oh, a rich black person, like even better, you know, like in certain people's heads, it's mm-hmm. like even I care even less. Like mm-hmm. they they act like that doesn't matter to me. Like, uh, mm-hmm. People are fragile and lame and yeah. awful. And speaking of the Patreon, I know you guys probably think that <laughs> podcasters don't work very hard, but mm-hmm. all of us did spend pretty much all day today and part of last week doing research and preparing for this show and having stuff to talk about. There is a lot of work that goes into this show, and uh, I'll say it, we're not making enough money. So if you're even considering becoming a patron, we got some new tiers coming out for the uh, for the Patreon, but $5 a month gets you a bonus episode Every single week, we hope to see you over there. Patreon.com slash Alfred Smokes. Uh, we need more money, and we deserve more money. Um, just saying. But thank you for if you, are, if you are one. But if you're considering it, now would be the time. Christmas is coming. And uh, yeah, we're trying to it. we're trying to get it so that if uh, Mike Racine is uh, murdered in a hotel and his wallet goes missing, there'll mm-hmm. be more than forty dollars in there. <laughs> yeah, five thousand, a little ambitious, but we're hoping for at least sixty to eighty dollars. No one ever found the thirty three dollars <laughs> that Racine was that Racine was waving around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike bursts into the room naked, and they all laugh at his penis. Why would they laugh? And he's my like, "Where the fuck's my money and my clothes?" And they're all like, <laughs> "Cracking." My Penis is normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. They, the hotel, I have a normal. They hold set on, up. Hold on. Hold they on, set Scott. up Mike Racine to kill him, but then they're laughing at his penis too much, and the hotel no, manager no, no, can't no, Mike, shoot Mike, him. Mike, you're scared. Someone took your money. And yeah. You're naked, yeah. And you're about to be yeah. caught uh, as a cheater. Then I'd be hard. No. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have the tiniest well, little peepee running in first there, all sweaty. I don't, even, I don't even want to entertain. You'd have that. the wettest ass crack, all nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you walk in there, they'd laugh at you. They also said that... The Look, oh, we're just doing a podcast together. I'm doing a 12-part <laughs> series about sex work. The hotel manager... Uh, well, the hotel owner said she was on the phone mm-hmm. with the hotel manager while it was all happening. Yeah. Which I just picture the lady like holding the phone. Yeah. She's hitting him with a fucking broom. Yeah. Mm. It's a damn sin what they did to him. It's very weird, though, right? He's unarmed. I mean, he... I, unless uh, unless she thought it was a th- it that's was a, a lot. Threat. It, it it is so much money, and mm-hmm. you were just robbed. You definitely have to go. I got to go find my money. Yeah. The other uh, apparently he might have been drugged as well, and so he's walking in there slurring, kind of mm-hmm. not making much sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cook had been shot with a twenty-two caliber pistol, but the gun registered to Franklin was a thirty-two. The bullet right. passed through his body, was taken into police evidence, and then quickly went missing. His autopsy revealed a two-inch bump on his head. Franklin claimed that after she shot him, she dropped the gun and beat him with a wooden broom handle. Yet the gun still contained numerous bullets. If Franklin was frightened for her life, why would she drop the loaded gun she had just fired in favor of a stick? The woman appeared to have no marks or injuries when she testified before cameras five days after the murder occurred. 
This is surprising given the fight she described. Guests at the motel told police that they never heard any gunshots or sounds of an altercation. At the moment Cook confronted her, Frank was on the uh, Franklin was on the phone with the uh, motel owner, who testified to hearing much of the struggle on the other end of the line. Hmm. Yeah, and so Mike was quoting from the People magazine article there, which we'll link to in the description if you want to read. But I think it's clear, or it seems clear to me that the gun that he was shot with was different than the one the hotel manager had mm-hmm. registered uh, in her name. Registered in her name, yeah. which, you know, anybody who has guns, it's, well, not anybody who has guns, but some people who have guns, they have guns that they can legally have and they have mm-hmm. guns that they can't. And so when the cops show up, you're handing the gun that has paperwork. Yeah. Um, it's very sad, too, when you think about this guy's legacy because, like, this is sort of, how he's remembered like for somebody who makes such you know such beautiful music you think he was from but then you for, go for getting shot i mean marvin gay was killed by his father which they're saying this is how fun they're saying that marvin knew his father would kill him this is what some people said that he mm. actually wanted to die mm. and he knew because he moved in with his parents he wasn't doing well i'm a lot like me and marvin gay are a lot like each other <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and of he course. moved in with his mom uh-huh and um they claim that he knew if he pushed his father enough, his father would kill him. Uh-huh. And so he poked at his dad. Yeah. And his dad killed him. For what? Why did his dad kill him? Um, he didn't like his, his dad lifestyle. claims that I think he came out. Can we look up why Marvin Gaye's dad shot him? Didn't like his there was vibe. There altercation. Now, you know, Marvin was on, you know, his dad claims he was on drugs at the time. Hmm. But it's like when you when you die and you're not there to defend yourself and then people are saying, yeah, he tried to rape me and he tried to uh, attack me and he was naked. And he flew into a rage and he was like, you know, you know, if I'm sure if Sam Cooke could speak, he'd be like, I was just cheating on my wife. Yeah, I didn't do any of that other stuff. As was the style at the time. <laughs> As was the style at the time. <laughs> He's in a nice suit yeah. in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> What a sick interview that would be. Yeah. I guess he had like a .14 blood alcohol content. Sam Cooke did, though. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty fucked up. Yeah, and he drove mm-hmm. there. Nice, yeah. dude. Th- that really was paradise back in the yeah. day. Oh, yeah, dude. And like yeah, a red yeah. convertible. I think it was a Ferrari. What was this? Yeah, dude. A fucking red Ferrari. Really, uh, we on, really bro. lost this country. Well, you, you know, back in the 1960s, you could drive drunk to a hotel with a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Just uh, drive. That's so true, Mr. Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Driving my American-made car, yeah. with no seatbelt, yeah. drunk off my ass, right? With my hooker that I'm cheating on my wife with, right? No laws against any of those things. Yeah, the Chevy's gonna last at least 15 years. Yeah, times are good. My union-made car that I get drunk in and doesn't have a seatbelt installed. <laughs> There's not even an option. That's how cool this country used to be. Yeah. My grandparents both worked for GM for like a long time, and mm. they they were just like factory workers, and they did, they're and they're like the stupidest people, and they just uh you know every like every like uh, seven years they would go to the Oldsmobile dealership and just get a new car, and they had this big employee discount, and they had like a pension and everything, and you know it's crazy. H- how many hours they put in? I'm sure they. My grandma said she worked really hard, but I don't think that's harder than like being a mover. Physically, you know, no. Maybe no. mentally. Yeah. It's tough, man. Is it? Yes. Because like you're doing the same factory. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I Every time I go into a factory to do, if I'm doing work and I, for some reason, I'm uh, much sadder than if I'm doing outside work. Okay. And I'm sure that sounds dumb because there's guys who work in the winter. And stuff, but even sure. like construction guys, sure. on the fucking rainy days, they don't work. What do they do on, on, on rainy days? Construction yeah. guys, they don't go to work. Like a rainy day is a snow day for... For guys who work on roofs, right? What the is fuck it? does a roofer do on a rainy day? Oh, you slip? The sorry lady. Yeah. You're not going to fix a lady's roof on a rainy day. Right, right. I like working in the rain because it's like... Take it you... off more than teachers. Yeah. <laughs> I like working in the rain because you you know it's like, well, what else was I going to do besides work? Yes. No, I you feel know? that way too. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, like and then... I'd yeah, rather have uh, the day off on like a nice day. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Um, if I'm working, it should be hell outside for uh, anybody trying to enjoy it. Yeah. 
But when Etta James saw his body, uh, she wrote in her memoir, the cook's head was, quote, practically disconnected from his shoulders. That's how badly he'd been beaten. His hands were broken and crushed. They tried to cover it up with makeup, but I could see massive bruises on his head. No woman with a broomstick could have inflicted that kind of beating against a strong, full-grown man. Yeah, she's like, I've hit many a motherfuckers with a broomstick. <laughs> no, he was just doing new dance moves the night before. Disconnected his neck and <laughs> broke all his fingers on the dance floor. Yeah. Who's like the only like you know, top tier Mount Rushmore like soul guy who didn't die tragically? Oh that's Jane, good. Jane, um I guess James Brown James didn't Brown. die yeah. tragically. But they say that he might have killed uh Tammy Terrell. Hmm. That's her name, right? Tammy Terrell sang with Marvin Gaye a bunch. Mm. Oh yeah. I and, didn't know um, she was and she died so she Marvin Gaye was apparently very much in love with Tammy Terrell, and for some reason they were never together. Sometimes you go, shut the fuck up. They have separate lives besides singing. But yeah. just, you know, reporters go, they sang songs together. It was love. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, you listen to Taylor Swift? You know, that's right. a Swifty thing to, that's a Swifty opinion. They're all like 14 year old girls. Yeah, where you're just like yeah. getting hyped on like, um, make, you know, fan fiction mm-hmm. of celebrities. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then Tammy Terrell started dating James Brown. Uh, allegedly, he was abusive with her, and she died from a blood clot to the brain, which people say uh, he like beat her a few days before she got the blood clot. And so they say that James Brown might have been the one who did it. Or, I feel Or at good. the very least, Marvin Gaye. They claim that Marvin Gaye uh, privately blamed James Brown for Tammy Terrell's death. Hmm. Yeah. Ray, She's uh, Ray Charles had a pretty normal death. Well, yeah. what's he gonna do? You well, know? They, him for a blind guy, right. Wild life, like to do heroin as a blind guy is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But he's not gonna drive drunk, you know. He's like he's not. <laughs> and if they rob him, he's not gonna chase after them. He just goes, damn, you know. Then he's gotta call right, someone. Right, right. He just starts shouting. Right. Blind actually, guys' lives. It's like most of their lives is like a guy pretty who, good. who's. Uh, who doesn't have toilet paper and he just took a shit. He had five thousand dollars <laughs> stolen from him at like every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was, was just never, Ray Charles' life. That was just a, <laughs> never reported. That was getting the yeah. change from the cashier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah. Okay, out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> and he's giving yeah. him hundred dollar bills. Yeah. That'll be twenty. Okay. Here you go. That's a fifty. <laughs> Thanks for the ten dollar bill, Mr. Charles. Actually, he tips somebody a hundred bucks at the hotel. He's like, Oh, Mr. Charles, you gave me a a single, actually. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. Um, that's actually an interesting thing about American money is because it's all the same size, mm-hmm. it's not as uh, friendly to the visually disabled. Right. Blind people can't tell. But like euros and some other currencies will be different sizes of so the notes. Yeah. So even blind people know. Yeah. The but founding it, fathers knew what they were doing. The American system is set up to rob blind people. For sure. Just rob blind, right? Yeah. I didn't know she died, but she she's got a great voice when you think like all the I songs she did it, with yeah. Marvin Gaye, like yeah, the, yeah. Ain't nothing like it's from the Burger King commercial. Oh yeah. So there's Tammy Terrell, then there's one other woman who sings with no, it might have just been Diana Ross. It's Tammy with an eye, looks mm. like Marvin. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Tammy Terrell, yeah, with an eye. Sam That's I know like, what I'll be he added the tonight. E when he became yeah. a pop singer. That must be so weird to like shoot up heroin. She died at twenty four. Twenty four, yeah, from a Jesus brain aneurysm. Like, oh. That must be so weird to shoot up heroin when you're blind because you just like gotta go for trial and error for two hours of stabbing yourself <laughs> and then you feel mm-hmm. like incredible when you finally hit a vein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like playing Minesweeper. Yeah. Where you gotta like X off different parts of your <laughs> right. of your arm. Right. And maybe you'll hit a flag there and then eventually you'll get to a vein. Yeah, you inject yourself with baby Tylenol. Alan Klein uh, was also like a manager for the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and I believe he stole money from them mm. like, later on in their careers. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Much of the confusion surrounding Cook's death stems from the fact that the LAPD conducted only a cursory investigation, giving many the impression that authorities wanted to sweep the matter under the rug. Muhammad Ali said if Cook had been Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, or Ricky Nelson, the FBI would be investigating. Oh, my God. Imagine... Uh, two hookers murdered Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Dude, whores would be over. The Italian mafia. It would be like when, uh, when fucking, what is it? El Chapo's uh, wife got arrested or what happened? His son got arrested and oh, they were yeah. just like, we're shutting this shit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what would happen. Italians would just be punching hookers in the stomach <laughs> on every corner. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, th- again, there's not any 
direct evidence of this, but people do talk about, you know, uh, the songs, uh, his protest songs. Yeah. Like Chain Gang and um, uh, Change Chain is Gonna gang Come. Chain Gang and uh, Change is Gonna Come. Now, uh, A Change is Gonna Come, I think, is like one of the best songs ever. Yeah, it's it's really written. good. Yeah, really, it's really good. And it's really beautiful. And it's like, <laughs> you can listen to it like it, like it is like a, there's lyrics in it. You got to listen to it a few times before you realize it's a civil rights song. Because hmm. he goes, I go to the movies and I go I downtown. But I was still, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a little, in a little van. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But you can listen to change is gonna come when when like you're having a rough day at work, you know. Oh, for or, sure. Or when you're like mentally ill or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that. There's only that one. Well, Obama line. used it. I mean, that was dude. That song helped Barack Obama win the fucking election. A change mm. gonna come was crazy. Another guy yeah. who likes hookers, but of a different gender. <laughs> <laughs> dude, after every speech when he was running, it was a change gonna come. A change gonna come. It was mm -hmm. like vote for Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. He was born by a down here in a little tent. Right, but it, so like the river he's been running ever since. That's what he says, right? It's perfect. It's not impossible that Sam Cooke was killed as part of FBI's COINTELPRO or whatever. Which, like, again, there's no direct evidence, and yeah, it probably didn't happen. Seems, and you might even hear that. You might think that sounds absurd, but it's like, no, that's what they did to Fred Hampton. That's I a mean, great point, right? Because it's like when you think about like who people want, who who the um, who who they want to kill. You would think that it would be somebody who is like very, very, uh, who just has talent and is able to like connect with people. And Absolutely. I think there was some kind of like FBI memo where they were like, oh, yeah, like this guy's dangerous because he's in people's living rooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 it, you know, specifically because he was super business savvy. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we said it before, but he, you know, he, he had other artists stop performing. I mean, he shut shit down for a moment. Yeah. Until, people change their tune yeah so yeah that guy is definitely a threat there's no doubt in my mind that they looked at him as a threat yeah mm. did they kill him maybe yeah. it's like if they if they killed fred hampton then what why would they not kill, kill sam Cooke? a bunch of people yeah. well it's just like if you look at we we're talking about the lapd just doing nothing to investigate mm -hmm. and again it could just be the usual incompetence indifference racism whatever mm -hmm. but a, another explanation would be if the fbi was involved they can just tell local pds hey fuck off yeah and that's kind of the same thing with the Seattle Police Department not really investigating Kurt Cobain. If there was a wider conspiracy, these local police departments just get pushed around. Like every police department has, or not every, but every major U.S. police department has an intelligence division, like the NYPD Intelligence Division. These are the people who interface with the CIA. So, you know, if order comes down on high, they just, you know, CIA, FBI, whoever, they can talk to the a local PD intelligence division and just kind of have things marked off as an FBI CIA matter. Just say mm -hmm. this belongs to a higher level. Nobody sweat about this. Not your problem anymore. We'll take care of it. Yeah, I guess like I don't think the government killed Patrice O'Neill, but if they were going to kill somebody, I mean, Patrice did kind of was good at like breaking down just. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. they, yeah. They listened right. to the fucking beige Phillips show. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. know. FBI. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's teaching misogynistic men how to get too much yeah. pussy. <laughs> well, if you listen to his last album when he talks about like Obama and like they bought the Dante a motorcycle, they were like, listen, <laughs> the CIA bought Dante a motorcycle. He figured out what the what the song "Creep" means to white people. Yeah. We can't have this information getting out. No, but on his last album, he talks about he's like, you know, if you believe in this kind of shit, and he he starts talking about like real conspiracy stuff. But if there's anybody who I think would be, if there's anybody who would be a threat, it's somebody who's like funny or talented or like whatever it is that can that can reach a lot of people and really articulate kind of, you know, mm. how they're being screwed over. If, if if it's somebody with talent that people listen to, because mm. you look at the song, uh, you know, the song Chain Gang. It's like he's talking about prison labor, which isn't really uh, has has that really been a major part of. Well, conversation the songs about prison labor well it was so, about you know, how like, fun it is yeah you know f f really popular music before like pop music all music a lot of music was just protest music and that was popular music mm -hmm. was was guys like woody guthrie um 
writing songs for workers mm-hmm. and unions and shit, mm-hmm. uh, especially like in the beginning of recordings, because that was the main issue going on in the country. Yeah. And like the early, early 1900s was worker rights issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for then like gospel to take over, for then pop music to take over, and then for all of these guys to, you know, turn. And I think Sam is really the first one. Because even Marvin Gaye, when does What's Going On come out? When, when did What's Going On it come out? It had to be like... This, it's this, like 71? I mean, yeah, like early 70s. And, and, and so, and what, Sam died 10 years before probably What's Going On even comes out? Let's see that. And so, 71. Yeah. 71. 70, yeah. And so... Sam's definitely saying things before everybody else is saying things. That's like, I mean, this what really striking to me, I guess, is listening to like early 60s music, like Beatles when they were just kind of like corny pop stuff before mm-hmm. they kind of make the transition, like, you know, the I want to hold your hand kind of stuff. And you compare that to Sam Cooke, who's a contemporary and writing pop music and hits at the same time. And it's just so much deeper and more powerful, like in terms of uh, love and the human condition and all that. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, he was really ahead of his time, just uh, both in terms of writing romance, but also these protest songs. Yeah, all them boys were fucking nasty with it. Yeah, but that's like you can only really understand love if you're in a Paying car with it. a hooker at two <laughs> thirty a.m. Yeah, there is something about it. I mean, there's like there's something to be said for like the way that hookers and sex workers treat you you know yeah well you know after he got away with it every time it just those feelings of oh my god how much he loves his wife you know thinking yeah, yeah. he's gonna get caught right, right. well right. you know <coughs> worrying about getting caught is oh my god i love my wife so much yeah that's right, all you're yeah. really saying right, right, in your right, head, yeah, yeah, yeah is i don't want to hurt my wife i don't want to hurt my wife I don't he's like, oh my, my god I feel oh my terrible. god my poor wife i love my wife all i yeah. do is think about my wife yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, I'm just going to grab my $5,000 get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's my $5,000? <laughs> Sweetheart, did you happen to see a stack of $5,000? Did you happen to see $5,000 cash? Just <laughs> <laughs> two briefcases. <laughs> yeah. Did you happen to see a bag with a big dollar sign on it? I had $5,000 in there. Well, that's how Chuck Berry... Chuck Berry is still alive, or he just died like last year. Chuck Berry, died right? Like two year. years ago. But yeah. he was like 100. And I, I heard at least up until his death, he would um, even he would perform at BB Kings. Like I almost went in like 2016 to go see him at BB Kings in New York. Um, mm. but you okay? he would, yeah, you would. Uh, you started sneezing. I was about to sneeze oh, and shit. I didn't sneeze. But yeah, uh, when yeah. when Scott went and saw him live, he's like, "Man, there's a lot of 13 year old girls in the audience, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> They're all they all seem to be uh, getting allowed back into his VIP room, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where he's his mic oh, is still on. You just hear farts backstage. <laughs> He's farting on groupies. It's Scott like, brings his niece. They're like, Mr. Barry wants to see you backstage. Scott's like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like the VIP room at the Chuck Berry concert. It's just the women's bathroom. And yeah. there's a camera where he's filming <laughs> all of them. That was at his bar, right? He owned a bar or he something? Opened, <laughs> yeah, he opened like restaurants or bars. <laughs> yeah. And he put hidden cameras <laughs> in the women's bathrooms. He was like, he was also <laughs> so great. You're you're just like a pervert to your core. Dude, when you I, do that. Well, also people say <laughs> you invented rock and roll. <laughs> people go, oh, Chuck Berry, he invented rock and roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's also like, yeah, but there's other stuff I do. Like, <laughs> I didn't just invent rock and roll. On the side, I hook cameras up. <laughs> Dressing rooms. You, she, you go to the bathroom at Chuck Chuck Berry's Burger House. You're like, oh, they got one of those automatic toilet flushers with a blinking red light. In like, in when Chuck Berry was like at the height of his career, it was interrupted because, th- and this is back when President Kennedy was still alive. He, Chuck Berry was arrested for you know soliciting a minor for sex. Mm-hmm. And he actually did some prison time. Mm-hmm. And again, this is in the early 60s. This is before Sam Cooke is dead. Yeah. It's not uh, not that easy to get arrested for doing that in the era where even Sam Cooke is, swe- is singing, you sure. know, Sweet 16 and all that. Sure. Um, but it's just kind of funny to me that it's like, then he comes back. Chuck Berry does. And then he opens restaurants in like the <laughs> 70s or 80s. And then women are just like, you know. They need a rest stop. Let's let's stop into the Chuck Berry restaurants. You know, maybe they heard about the allegations. Maybe they didn't. They forgot. But for whatever reason, this guy is so dedicated that he's just using his franchise money to film women taking dumps in his uh, his fucking steakhouse. Did that toilet just say, "Oh, nice"? <laughs> I'll just do what you're doing. Oh, in the morning she's taking a poop. 
Have you seen the sex tape? No, I guess not. I said more ice to the reference, bro. He's... Have you seen a sex tape? Have you guys seen Chuck it? Berry Chuck Berry, so dude, so no. Chuck Berry has a sex tape where he's farting in this lady's face. <laughs> you never seen this? He no. pees on her face. He farts in her face. She's trying to kiss him after he pees on her face, and he's uh-huh. like, "You got piss on your face!" Like literally, he's like, "I'm not kissing you. You got piss on your face." <laughs> You've never seen this? You can no. Okay, on the Patreon, I'm gonna play the recording of it because he talks, yeah. and I think he's like, yeah. "Yeah, he might tell her her face smells like duty or something," because uh-huh. he's farting in her face while she's blowing him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was a sicko for eating three Reese's cups before the show. <laughs> it's the kind of level you have to be operating on to invent yeah, rock pa- and Patreon, roll. Yeah, Patreon, I'll play the. I'll, I'll try to find the the sounds, the, Chuck yeah. the sounds yeah. of Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah, uh, having sex. Yeah, nice. All right, I think we covered it, but I just wanted to say again: this woman who hit him with the stick, the mm-hmm. hotel manager, or mm-hmm. she says she hit him with the stick, but you know, People Magazine pointed out it doesn't make any sense that she claimed that after. Uh, Right. She shot him. She says she dropped the gun and then beat him with a wooden broom handle. Yet the gun contained numerous bullets. If uh, she was frightened for her life, why would she drop the loaded gun she just fired in favor of a stick? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. No. Like, if you're afraid for your life of this guy, you shoot him once, then you drop the gun and beat him with a stick? No, you hold on to the gun until you're, like, sure he's, you know, incapacitated. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, the least nefarious (laughs) thing that happened was that he was robbed and murdered and the LAPD was like who gives a shit Hmm. it's interesting like Dr. Cyril White who we'll talk about on the Cobain episode as well but he's like this famous uh, forensic pathologist and he's like weighed in on like the Kennedy assassination he's done like over a thousand autopsies you know and they interview him about Cobain and the Kennedy assassination but he uh, and Epstein as well he's uh, in the news about that but Sam Cooke is one of the rare ones where he's like yeah I think the official story checks out like oh, he, yeah. he said, he hadn't seen any evidence to kind of disprove the official story. And, and, but is that a, is that a situation of, and we should do an episode on this um, lack of respect for whores? You know, like do people true. just go, oh, hookers are involved. That's mm-hmm. really dirty and messy. Oh, it you're saying you want to get? A like, six. I think if they had a hooker shoot Kennedy, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It would have been more believable, right? And Johnny, that is actually you, true. Johnny, what do you think of that? We Kennedy? can we can hang out with a sex worker for an hour, huh? That's that's great. Sound good? If Kennedy died in a we'll do that room with Sean's a woman, house. no one would question it. No, Deborah, for the podcast, we it have to like, do it. For it looks the- like the fucking Fresh and Fit podcast. Just a bunch of whores coming up to my apartment. <laughs> my wife answering the door. <laughs> Just like wearing, no- wearing nothing, sitting down. All right, so what's up? Today we got... Uh... <laughs> what's your name? What do you do? Yeah. Those podcasts are funny. Mm-hmm. We should have maybe somebody. The thing is, there's not that many girls who do who do sex work that are good at comedy. Well, that's probably true. Yes, you know. Well, yeah, but that's like a loaded thing. You know, like how many women do comedy and also do sex work? Maybe five, a handful. But there's not. Yeah, there's not anybody who's who does it who's like that. I might want to talk to for an hour. I don't know. <laughs> there are a few. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> there are. All right, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> All right. All right, that's settled then. We'll do a sex worker episode. <laughs> we'll do a nice little episode about sex workers. We, right. we have to pay her by the hour. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it'll be like her texting rate. Right. You know? We're going to record it at 2:30 a.m. on the way to a motel Wait, called the Hacienda. Have... <laughs> these yeah. girls have texting rates, you think? Well, yeah, you can like sex with them for like fifty bucks an hour or something. Mm. That or fifty bucks is half wild. An hour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You just sext anybody, any anybody. Why don't yeah. you just meet someone on the internet? Why would you pay? Well, Even if it's a guy you and you don't know it, who cares? Right. It's just words. You got to buy her a coffee. Yeah, they outsource it to some girl in <laughs> Vietnam, <laughs> a guy in Vietnam. Do they start outsourcing? This job? You can, you can, you can pay a, a hooker to text you and get mad at you when you don't send a good morning text every day. Yeah. When you don't, when you don't check in after you go to the bar with your friends. Yeah. You just pay her to get mad at you. See, I have the opposite problem. I live with my wife, and every day she uh, sleeps in my son's bed. Mm. So I always just, uh, just. Have a big old queen size bed to myself. Oh, that's nice. It's kind of nice, but I had when she doesn't sleep in the bed, I get I have really weird dreams. 
<laughs> you get scared. I need to have a talk with my son. Be like, that's my wife that you're sleeping yeah. with every and night. I'm actually the scared one. Yeah. Not you. Not you. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. got you a nightlight. Yeah. I got me, mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's I need nice. mommy. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know. Any uh, any final thoughts? Do no, you guys I think that. urinate really bad. You do. Unfortunately, really mm. bad. Do you guys think that art is political? Do I think art is political? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I think everything. When it hits enough people, it becomes political mm-hmm. because, like, people is politics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once it starts affecting enough people, it somehow affects like their the way they move around. Yeah, and for somehow that's become politics. We identify with politics a little too strong. I think maybe not. That's our lives, right? Yeah, might mm-hmm. say we identify with politics. Mm-hmm. That's pr- a privileged thing to say. Mm-hmm. Tim Dillon has said the the great human truths are not political, they're human, you know? So I just feel sure. like, I feel like political, doing doing uh, art. Oh, that's interesting that this uh, millionaire doesn't think there's a, <laughs> any political utility to art, <laughs> and in fact, art should uh, reify and uphold the status quo. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think art. But doing art that's overtly political right. is like the lowest that, form of art. It's I very think. annoying. I mean, it's like, the thing is, like, yes, all art is political in that it either upholds or challenges mm. the ruling system mm-hmm. and the assumptions that are baked in, blah, blah, blah. But What do I, we do? Well, we I don't, uphold or challenge? <laughs> we probably do a bit of both. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with art that just is, like, entertainment for entertainment's sake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fun. But I think, you know, if, um, if, your goal as the artist is to like express your full spectrum at some point politics need to be addressed because it does affect enough people Mm -hmm. and your life enough Mm, that somehow you it needs to be acknowledged in 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 your art at some point yeah right yeah Mm -hmm. art is all about expressing yourself and i'm just saying somewhere in yourself is politics yeah Sadly. I hope I hope the uh, the people who watch this on video enjoy the extra uh, bonus content of us turning the lights off. On off. I keep kicking, constantly I keep kicking Mike. Them, Nate. Yeah, they keep resetting every time they unplug. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. I'll keep my feet still. But we are introducing a new Patreon tier. This was Johnny's idea. So for fifty dollars a month, if we get you know people to pledge for fifty bucks a month, we will hang out with you. How about that? Give us fifty bucks on Patreon. Wait, you can come to a, a hangout, and then what? Once a month we hang. Once out Once a him? month we go. We go to a bar. We'll go to like. Um, and then I spend money I don't have. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm on, saying. On no, wings I don't I, need. That's what I told. I know. I know. That's what I told Johnny. That's what I told Johnny. I said we got to make it. We got to make it profitable. You know. Yeah. But and if then you just play, for, for fifty bucks drunk at a bar. Yeah. For fifty bucks a month, we'll let you buy us our apps. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, brother! Yeah. If you buy me wings with blue cheese. <laughs> no, you, I was just gonna say, just do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. No. Yeah, you got. Yeah, damn. I do love blue cheese. Hmm. It should be. I eat like, wings so I, so I can eat blue cheese. Oh yeah. Oh, I found that out real quick. Once you start eating the carrots on the side mm-hmm. and you dip in blue cheese, mm-hmm. you go, damn! I just love the yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should Ooh. get into a Roquefort, some good French blue cheese. Nice. Yeah. Was that? Did you sell that at the at the yeah, shop you worked I just at got while some. you didn't uh, while you didn't talk to the customers? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh yeah, you worked. <laughs> it at goes a good with apple, shop, right? Yeah, or a cheese shop. Yeah, that oh, was a cheese shop. <laughs> Sean's like, I'd like to recommend this uh, pecorino over here. I'm like, that sounds good. He's like, yeah. So, um, you ever pay for an abortion? <laughs> Do you think there's an art to cheese making? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, cooking is definitely art. When you do it, look, I've I've painted. I've done art projects. I've mm-hmm. also cooked. Mm-hmm. Feels very similar when. When you're in it, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, you're making something. Sure, that you got to you got to learn the rules. Then get to present. Yeah, you got to learn the rules. You played it to break them. Yeah, and then you become the 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 chef or the artist. That I don't like to break the rules. I just like to. No, that's not true. I'm sure you. Break I don't the break. Rules. I don't break any rules. Now, do you have family recipes though, passed down from? Like, no, your no, not really. So mm. you're following just the Google. I'm the, just kind of doing what yeah. I doing my thing. Yeah, we should probably. Oh, I did want to say my one of my favorite Sam Cook lyrics though. Go ahead. If sure, we're wrapping this. Uh, it's the from It's All Right. 
It's uh, he's just uh, singing to the unnamed woman. All my friends tell me that you found somebody new. They report to me every little thing that you do. But as long as you tell me that it's all untrue, baby, it's all right. Mm. And I just like that lyric because he's essentially saying like, you can yeah, me. yeah, you can go fuck other dudes. Just like lie to me. Yeah, just yeah. pretend, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you tell me it's not true. Which is pretty and alpha when you think about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And he, well, well, we we talked about this on the show, but the whole thing with uh, Jason Sudeikis getting cheated on, you know, by Olivia Wilde. Oh, she cheated on him? Yeah, with Harry Styles. Damn. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Everybody gets cucked once in a while. Oh, I mean, yeah. Everybody cucks somebody <laughs> sometimes. But he has that. Uh, it's just not a reason. I don't. It's not a good enough reason to just to let it destroy your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's, let's get these in the bank now so we can yeah. play them yeah, back later. Like, all yeah. right, Sam, you want to record this fucking song or not? <laughs> Goddamn guy. Yeah. All those, Poor wife all, is those fucking all those riffs we have about Michael Che, they're not jokes, everybody. Right. They really happen and they're still happening every once in a while. She's <laughs> severely addicted. <laughs> yeah. The writer's strike is over, thank God. Yeah, thank God. Because he was he was coming over for ribs a lot. Yeah, he was coming over on Saturdays. <laughs> it's live from fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, Deb moved back because the writer's strike ended. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have I have fried rice in the fridge. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go home and eat my leftovers, and they're gone. And that's how I find out. <laughs> Uh, oh, but the other lyric from the same song is Sam Cooke says, if you're ever worried, if you're all alone, just remember, darling, that I'm as near as your telephone. Um, yeah, that's it. Just remember, darling, that I'm as near as your telephone. And I just like that. It's like because yeah. so much of his music is about longing for this woman who's like left him for unclear circumstances. Mm-hmm. And he'll like, you know, he has songs where he'll talk about. I laughed when you left at first. Yeah. But it's so much of the music is just as time goes on. He's just so powerfully longing for this woman that's so far away and i think yeah. it's just uh you know if you've been in love i think uh, i think you'll really you r- really relate and there's uh, very few musicians who can really understand and express love uh, like sam cook could yeah sometimes you gotta just let her hurt you yeah there's also this song smoke rings and if <coughs> if you listen to it while you're smoking you feel really fucking cool oh cool you feel really cool by Sam Cooke? Yeah. That was my favorite things. thing to do. I watched uh, uh-huh. the wor- the World at War, um, the World War II documentary from the 70s, and mm-hmm. they interview all these veterans, and a lot of them will be there like smoking you know, cigars or pipes or cigarettes. And so I would just have the marijuana vape, and I would just puff every time they did because <laughs> I could relate to their struggle. Oh, yeah. yeah. At, you know, fighting on the Eastern Front. Or, yeah, yeah. Or surviving uh, when their freighter was sunk by a U-boat. Yeah, and not floating, being able to find your matches. Floating through the Atlantic for like three days. Ooh, when were lighters invented? Oh, but matches were easier to use, right? I'm a, yeah. I sucked with match. I don't think I could smoke if I had to use matches. Yeah, the wind. I'm a big moron with matches. Yeah, but but nowadays matches are intentionally hard to. Eighteen twenty three, the lighter. Yeah. Wow. Damn, eighteen twenty three. Whoa, Interesting. German chemist. I was assuming like nineteen thirty seven. Chemist. It's like a German chemist in 1823 lives next to the guy who invented the bong in 1824. How many monkeys? The heads first blew guys up? to ever hang out, really hang out. <laughs> <laughs> they tested lighters on monkeys, and their heads were just exploding every time. Every time they flicked it, <laughs> explosions in their faces. Yeah. All right, everybody. Patreon. Yeah, let's talk about Kurt Cobain. We're going to talk about Kurt Cobain's death over on the Patreon. So Patreon. Some, some say it also was done by a hooker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gotta go pee. Um, Patreon.com slash Smokes. We'll see you over there. We're gonna we're gonna chat about uh, Kurt Cobain, and we will uh, uh, see you. If not, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Pleasure's always ours. Bye bye. <laughs> 